You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Good show for you heading into the weekend. We're going to talk about something that Chris Harrison broke on his podcast earlier this week when talking with Sean Lowe. Twitter has removed my blue check mark. I'm in tears. Not really. We are going to talk a little bit more about follows on Instagram. I've told you for the longest time, they don't mean shit. Well, now they do. And I'll tell you why. And we've got a remake of a movie coming out that I absolutely cannot stand. And we'll get to that momentarily. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let's first start out with this. I don't know if you heard it. Again, I didn't listen to it, but there was a recap on one of the websites that I read. Chris Harrison had Sean Lowe on his podcast earlier this week. And you remember, I don't remember what season it was of Bachelor in Paradise, but remember they had an after show of Bachelor in Paradise for a couple seasons? I think they did it maybe twice. For two seasons, like after the Tuesday episode ended, there was a Bachelor in Paradise after show. And one of the seasons, it was hosted by Sean Lowe and Michelle Collins, I believe, the comedian. And everyone was wondering, why isn't Chris Harrison hosting the show? It didn't make any sense. He's the only host we had ever known in this franchise outside of one season of Bachelor Pad. Didn't he co-host with Melissa Rycroft? But that was it. And Chris talked about it on his podcast this week. And basically what he said was right around that time is when he had gotten the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire gig. And once he got the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire gig, apparently Mike Fleiss at the time was not thrilled. I don't know if he expected Chris Harrison to only do The Bachelor. There clearly wasn't anything in his contract that said you can only do this because then he wouldn't have been allowed to host the syndicated version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But Chris Harrison basically said on his podcast, Fleiss wasn't happy with me. He goes, I don't really know why, but he wasn't happy that I had taken another job even though it wasn't interfering at all with my bachelor duties and my bachelorette duties and my bachelor in paradise duties. But basically they brought Sean in at the last minute as almost a negotiating ploy and to kind of stick it to Chris and say, you're not as indispensable as you think you are is essentially 
the gist I got from not listening but reading what the quotes that Chris had about it was Fleiss was trying to strong arm him and tell him, hey, I, you can be replaced. Now, if you remember those shows, I didn't think they were very good. And Sean was put in a position where I don't think Sean had ever hosted anything in his life before. So I'm not going to sit here and, and bash the guy for how he hosted a show when he had never hosted anything before. I just didn't think the shows were you know all that good. I think they could have been better. Like I said, I want to say it did. There was two seasons of it, and then one season Sean didn't even host, and it was, gosh, who was it? I'm totally blanking. But yeah, it was interesting that you know this is this is the kind of stuff that I think is actually somewhat interesting about Chris's podcast is when he can give people insight to things that maybe we didn't know. I thought at the time. The timing of it was suspicious. I said, I bet you, because I remember, if I'm not mistaken, and obviously I can't go back because it's so long ago, but maybe if I Google it, I'm going to Google it over the weekend and see if I can find it. I could have sworn I remember the first night that show aired and Sean was the host, Chris Harrison was either answering a question on Twitter or just threw it out there on Twitter, some sort of shade about why he wasn't hosting the show. I think somebody may have asked him why he wasn't hosting, and he quote tweeted that tweet and was like, like something along the lines of, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. So I, I do remember at the time, and and I knew it was right, and it was right around the time he had just started Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And it went through my head that I'm like, I bet you just, for whatever reason, Fleiss isn't thrilled that Chris is kind of moving on or using his bachelor status to get other gigs, which I, he's allowed to do. Um, I'll look at it this weekend. I know Chris, I, I vividly remember him saying something either in a tweet or someone asked him a question and he quote tweeted it. So I'll look into that this weekend and see if I can find it. But I, I'm almost 99.9% positive. He definitely addressed it like the first night that show aired and people were like wondering why Chris wasn't the host. But that's what I mean when Chris has this podcast. He can share stuff. Now, that isn't anything uh, uh, about Mike Fleiss's behind-the-scenes antics, really. It's just his opinion that I think Fleiss was sticking it to me. And he's probably right. He probably was. But, like I said, when everything went down with Fleiss and Chris brings on a podcaster and a columnist to talk about it, it's like, Chris, you were the one that worked under Fleiss for 20 years. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> what you think of this whole thing. And he, and he clearly can't because of an NDA, but that's what I'm saying. Like this is somewhat interesting, but again, it could be better because he has so many stories about flies that he could easily kind of run into and kind of share. So yesterday was a big day in Twitter world. Speaking of Twitter. And that is that all people who had a blue check Mark legacy, blue check Mark people, had their blue check mark taken away. I was one of them. And the funny thing is, I don't even remember how I got a blue check mark. 
I can't remember what the process was. I remember filling out. I, I remember clicking on a link and applying for one years ago. I don't remember when I got it. It's been. I mean, if you were to ask me off the top of my head, I want to say I've had a blue check mark for six or seven years, I think. It's been a while. But there's a lot you know, there's a lot of debate going on of is this good, is this bad? And, you know, am I gonna buy am I gonna spend the eight bucks a month or whatever it is to do verified blue or whatever the case may be? You never say never, but right now I don't plan on it. Because I just uh, I don't see the reason to. I think people know that when they go to my Twitter page, it's still me. If by any chance, and I don't even want to kind of bring it up because it's almost like putting bad juju into the world and someone listening to this might do it because I just said it, but you can kind of put two and two together as to one of the reasons why I would have to be maybe forced to get a blue check mark. And like I said, I don't want to say it specifically because then someone might do it. But put two and two together. And, you know, I'm just kind of looking at it and I I see the pros and cons of it. I think people are going to get duped by things. I think there will be accounts that Somebody tweets something, somebody will quote tweet it, and it'll be dead wrong because they'll think it'll be from a reputable source when it's not. Hell, it happens now. It happened before the, you know, blue check marks were taken away from people. So I, I think I don't know if that's gonna change all that all that much, really. But I think the biggest I think the biggest con is, yeah, it's gonna be the duping. And People are going to get misinformation, thinking they are getting right information because of this Twitter account that they follow. Now, in terms of the algorithm and stuff, and is is because less people are now verified, that means you're not seeing as many people's tweets. I don't know how the algorithm part of it works, but I don't follow like thousands of people. Some people do on Twitter. That would totally clutter my timeline I, I, I don't want that. I follow, um, let me go to my Twitter page here. I don't even know how many people I follow. It is profile, I follow 117, you know? So I don't have, so those 117 people, those are the only tweets I see. So I don't think I'm ever going to get duped by something or get some misinformation because those people, if, if you know, like... Um, you know, a sports account, a sports writer, if someone tries to come in and say that, oh, this, you know, completely mimics their account, I'll know it isn't right because that's not the person that I follow. You know, you see what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I know people are making a big fuss about this and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not thrilled about it. I wish it would just stay the same. I, I don't understand the reasoning behind this. It seems like only negative things can come from this but we'll have to see I, I don't want to judge it just yet but my first reaction is eh, probably not the smartest thing to do but we'll see I, I I don't follow a ton I use my Twitter account literally just to let you know when my podcast is up 
and then to live tweet The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise when it's on. That's it. I usually, I don't, you, you've seen my Twitter account. I don't use it for much outside of that. I don't use it to spew all my opinions about the world. It's literally more of a business account for me just to let everybody know, hey, your podcasts are up. <laughs> That's, and, and, and for obviously, and for spoilers, clearly. Um, sometimes I spoil stuff right on Twitter. And yeah, that's all I do. So you're going to know it's me because it's going to say what it does. It's going to say you're going to be able to look at the followers and be like, oh, that's, you know, Reality Steve's account. So just be careful. And for other people, yeah, um, I, I'm sure some duping will go on. And that's going to be the probably downside of all this. But got to give it time and just kind of see how it goes. But as of right now, no, I don't, I don't see myself paying, uh, the $8 because you all know, this is me. You all know that's my account, whether there's a blue check mark next to it or not. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place, and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So one thing that I've talked about for a long time when it comes to the Bachelor franchise and it comes to social media, you've heard me say it a thousand times, if not a thousand and one. Well, this will be a thousand and one if I've said it a thousand times. And that is social media will never tell the complete story in regards to spoilers. Sometimes it does, but it's never 100% foolproof that you see something on social media, a like, a follow, anything like that, that doesn't mean anything. And to where it can be verified as 100% spoiler because I saw this on social media. With that said, um, I might have to change my tune on that. And no, not about Bachelor World follows and likes, but did you see what happened yesterday? Ryan Reynolds... Taylor Swift's brother, Austin, and the group Haim, who opens for Taylor on her tour in some cities, all unfollowed Joe Alwyn on Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, you and and Taylor was seen with Ryan Reynolds, because Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are very close friends of Taylor's, and they had apparently were seen out at dinner on Wednesday night. So the next night, Ryan Reynolds is not following Joe. And the split was amicable. Sure, it wasn't. <laughs> you heard Amanda Stanton and I talk about this yesterday. There's a lot of, obviously, theories going around. 
And, you know, we're never going to know. Taylor's never going to address this. She's never going to do a sit-down interview. She's never going to do an Instagram story. She's never going to do an Instagram post and basically lay out why she's no longer with Joe, who broke up with who, and when it was. Because now people are thinking like, well, because Amanda and I were talking about this post-recording, and Amanda's like, I really wonder if this was done long ago and some of the songs on Midnight are about Joe, which could be very possible. Um, I, when did, I'm trying to remember when Midnight's came out. I'm already forgetting. But I, it's, we don't know. All we know is, what, two weeks ago is when we found out publicly that they had broken up. And the stories were so generic in saying what it was. It was like, oh, they'd grown apart, it's amicable, he was having problems with her fame or whatever. But we have no idea if that's true because nobody put their name behind it. It was just a bunch of sources say and insiders say and, you know, we, we don't know. And we don't even know what side that came from. But you come for Taylor, she will get her friends on you. And now Joe's probably dealing with a lot of Swifties that he's like, holy shit. You know, because we don't know who broke up with who, but I guarantee there are Swifties that are going after Joe and probably blaming him for the relationship ending. Why did you do this to our queen or whatever? Did you see the crazies that were putting flowers out in front of her apartment in New York that's on Cornelia Street? Do you see how those crazies are acting? Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Nobody died. A celebrity couple broke up. Like, look, I'm just as bummed as everybody else. But God forbid, I could live across the street from Cornelia Street and I wouldn't be leaving flowers on the ground. Just, <laughs> I swear, some people <laughs> are just absolutely nuts. And look, I'm very well aware. Like, there, there's, you can like Taylor Swift, and you can like her music like I do and follow along and be interested in her personal life and her dating life and whatever. And I, I look at it from afar. You know, I'm not studying anything that her and Joe did together and, and, and whatnot. It just it seems like an effort in futility. There's really no point to do that. I'm a fan of her music. I enjoy her concerts because I think she puts on one of the best performances live that you'll ever see. Her concerts are fun. They're upbeat. They're happy. In the times that we live in where a lot of what's going on in this world right now kind of sucks, just to get away and scream your head off for three hours and 15 minutes like I did, man, that was so much fun. And because it's because of her. So... No need to act like somebody died because she broke up with Joe. And the more I thought about it after I spoke with Amanda, remember we were talking about in the podcast, if you heard podcast 335 yesterday, it's like, who could date her? Who's popular enough? Not not popular. I like A-list famous enough that has dealt with the kind of attention it would take to date Taylor Swift. As I told Amanda, it's not easy to date her. I'm sorry, and it it makes sense to me why maybe her and Joe broke up. 
he's infinitely less popular than her and infinitely like you have to be on a level of insane popularity uh if if joe allen was walking down the street by himself he would not be stormed taylor swift would so who's out there and i googled like single men in hollywood and they 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 gave me a list of like 30 single bachelors and none of them i thought were like yeah i could see that there was one guy who came to mind but i but i um but then he had a girlfriend and that was chris evans chris evans is an a-lister right but he's got a girlfriend but that type of guy like i could see like it made sense looking at chris evans and taylor swift i could see them together they're not going to be, I don't think. But I I saw the list. I Googled, you know, single men in Hollywood over 30 or whatever I Googled. I can't remember what it was. but And it and it gave me this list, and it was just like, okay, you know, um, uh, who was it? Who are some of the names on it? Let me pull up my – I sent them to Amanda, so let me look at my text message with her. Um Michael B. Jordan, Scott Eastwood, Zach Efron, Dylan O'Brien. Isn't he the one that was in her video for All Too Well? I don't think that's going to happen. Pedro Pascal, Noah Centennio, Andrew Garfield, Harry Styles, Milo Ventimiglia, Sean Mendez, Trevor Noah, Diego Luna. Can you see Taylor Swift dating any of those guys? I don't know. I, I couldn't, but... It, it'll be interesting to see because obviously anytime she's dating anybody, it is breaking internet stuff. You know, like the internet loses its shit because they all want to know and they all want to see them together. And the first time they get someone gets a picture of them holding hands, it's front page news when she dates somebody. So it will be interesting, but I'm I'm just drawing a blank on who fits and who's popular enough and who's famous enough to handle dating her. I can't wait to find out who the next guy is. I'm excited. And finally, I just want to end with this. I saw the trailer yesterday for White Men Can't Jump, the remake. And look, I know Hollywood is running out of ideas. And I know that literally, unless you are a superhero movie, the only movies that make any money are animated movies or superhero movies. It's just impossible for somebody to come up with an original idea and absolutely make a killing at the box office. On occasion, yeah, something will do well, but I'm talking about like making 500 million domestically in the first 2 weeks like Super Mario Brothers did. It just seems like animated movies and Marvel movies are the ones that do that. White Men Can't Jump was a great movie from the 90s. Sports fans, basketball fans, I mean I, to this day, me and my friends still quote that movie. Did this really need to be made remade 30 years later? The answer is no. I don't and for Jack Harlow to be in his first movie and uh, maybe he's great. Maybe he's going to be a great actor and uh, whatever. Uh, but again, it's just another movie that it's like why? Why ruin such a good thing? It's never going to touch the original. Not even close. I don't even have to watch it to know it's never going to be as good as the original. And yet, here we are. I mean, this isn't new. I, I knew this was being remade, but the trailer finally came out yesterday, and I'm like, great. I watched it. I'm like, okay, this isn't, sorry. 
This isn't Sidney Dean. This isn't Billy Ho. I mean, that that all-time classic movie. And to see it remade, you know, 30 years later, it's like, come on, guys. We don't need this. But there it is, being remade. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. A good, fun talk with Brian Beckner. He's a different cat. <laughs> he is the co-host of the Baller Lifestyle podcast, and we have a lot of fun on uh, today's podcast. So you might want to check that out, talking some sports, talking all bunch of different topics, sports and pop culture. You, If you've never got a taste of Brian, <laughs> uh, he's... <laughs> He's definitely um, he's definitely one that'll grow on you after a while. So check that out an hour from now on the Sports Daily. And um, hope you all have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on Monday. See you!